This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the tune in radio app. Welcome back to the breakfast show. What happened there? Struggling with our um, tech. What happened there was the news ended and we were chatting and then I hit... We had no screen. And then I went to hit the... uh, the mute button, but I accidentally hit that, which oh. takes the screen away. Oh. Oops. So I was like, dang, 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 dang. We, we have issues this morning coming out of our ears. It's quite a challenge uh, being able to, trying to do this without having a screen. But anyway, welcome yeah, back, guys. For those you don't know, we are traveling through blackness here in the studio. We have no nothing on our screen. Nothing to drive by. No idea. No uh, map, no outline, no <laughs> indication of anything that is about to happen or not about to happen or otherwise. Hey, Producer Shell, how long is this segment for? This is a 10-minute segment, but if we could get some numbers as to where we're at, I'll try and put a really timer useful. on my phone and that way we won't talk on top of the jingle. Do you know, why do they put that, that, that jingle in the middle? One. Why do they put that jingle in the middle of our thing anyway? They should just get rid of it. It always trips us up. It's all good. It's all good. It's just, it's just that we could practice. Every time that radio. jingle comes on, I'm done with this jingle. Always interrupting. Anyway, it is good when you go on for a tangent. It Let's have a Bible study. How about that? Let's have a Bible quiz. How about that? Oh yes, nobody's I got this one yet. Study and I raise you a quiz. Uh, okay, what book am I? Uh, clue number four. Usually, brief accounts mentioned here can be found in greater detail in Second Samuel. Mm, so you've read the headlines in this book and you want the full story, go to Second Samuel. It's a pretty cryptic clue, I must say. A bit of a creative one. But uh, t- give us a call. Tell us what book See, Second Samuel was my first guess. It was, wasn't it? But you were wrong. But Why did you tell people that? Huh? I'm just messing. Don't go give away the answers. I'm so nervous when you start talking about the quiz. Give us a call if you think you know the answer. Our number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Or you can text your answers to... Oh, no. Where's the piece of paper that tells me the number? Oh, here we go. 0491064669. I've been here for like a year and a half, but I still can't remember <laughs> the mobile the, number. The text message number. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the, um, the, 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 thing that, the clue that gave it away for me was when you told me it had 29 chapters. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, definitely gave it away right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway, all right, let's go to our Bible study for the day. What have we got coming up right here? Let's go to the book of Micah. So yesterday we were talking about Amos. Do you know anyone named Amos? I, I, you know, I was thinking this yesterday. I don't think I do. I really would like to know someone. Yeah, I know a guy named Amos. Yeah. Amos. It's a good name. Yeah, it is a good name. What about Micah? I do know a few Micahs, Yeah, yes. a few Micahs around. Yeah, 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 uh-huh. yeah. Micah's a cool name, yeah. What about Zephaniah? Nope. Haggai? Nope. Zechariah? Ooh, mate, no. I know, I know a few Zachs. Zach. There's a few Zachs around. I know a Zacchaeus and a Zachary, but no Zach. No. Yeah, no, no, no for me. Yeah. Okay, what are the other minor prophets? Hosea? Uh, no. Yep. No Hosea? Don't know that one. Um, Joel? I know a few Joels. Yep, a few Joels around the place. I even know an Obadiah. Oh, too. cool. I don't know an Obadiah. That's a cool name. That's the shortest book in the Old Testament. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, this one's Micah. Uh, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 is where we're going to go to next. Uh, This is probably or possibly the most well-known verse in the Old Testament, if not one of 
the most well-known verses in the Bible, and you wouldn't expect it to come from Micah. What about Nahum? Have you ever met a Nahum? No. No. Or a Habakkuk. Definitely not ever met a Habakkuk. Yeah. Or a Habakkuk. That's the American site. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's find a Bible here. Let's go over to Micah chapter 6 and verse 8 and see what it has to say. Oh, I see how this works. Let's find a Bible, he says, as he's taken Mon's Bible <laughs> and yeah. has his own. What about a Malachi? Have you ever come across a Malachi? No, but that's cool, though. It's a very cool name. Someone, should, yeah. someone out there, if you're having a child today, um, our suggestion of the day is name your child Malachi. I've met a Malachi. No, I haven't met a Malachi, but I do know a Malachi. Malachi Martin. Very okay. famous author. Okay. Um, from the 1980s, that kind of era. Uh, Jesuit priest, Vatican insider, and wrote on Vatican politics. Very, very interesting books. Particularly wrote about globalism and the New World Order, and he was pretty much spot on with the kind of things he had to say. Uh, we can see it happening in our world right now. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't too far off. He wasn't a prophet, but he wasn't too far off. Uh, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. What have you got for us, Mom? Oh, man, I was so hoping you'd say read Micah chapter 5 verse 1. You can read Micah 5 verse 1 if you want. Mobilize! Marshal your troops! The enemy is laying siege to Jerusalem. They will strike Israel's leader in the face with a rod. <laughs> <laughs> man, stuff is happening well, in chapter 5. <laughs> yeah, it is all on in chapter 5. Okay, chapter 6 and verse 8 says, "No." What does verse 2 say of chapter 5? Chapter 5 says, But you, O Bethlehem, if if are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel will come from, from you, one whose origins are from the distant past. Yeah, who do you reckon that might be? Jesus. That's Jesus Christ right Jesus. there. So yeah. there is hope for everybody. All right, so now that you have read uh, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, which you were not supposed to read, not a part of our Bible study today, but definitely a couple of good verses to start our day off with uh, and encouraging verses. The thing I love about uh, uh, 5, verse 2 is that it specifies which Bethlehem it is. Yeah. Did you know there were two? Yeah, I did know there were two. There's one in Ephratah. Where was the other one? Huh? Over there, north somewhere. Yes, it was up in Dan. Oh, Dan. Right in the north. Bethlehem Dan. You know where the third one is? Mm, she's gone silent. Is it in Australia? <laughs> no, it's in Pennsylvania. That's right, Pennsylvania. I knew it was somewhere ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so for all of our listeners in Pennsylvania, you live in a ridiculous state, according to Mon. <laughs> I'm not taking it back. No, no, it's cool. I like Pennsylvania. <laughs> I have good memories of great train photography in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is yeah. a great state. Pennsylvania is a beautiful beautiful state. Lush and green, my memories of it, and uh, rolling hills, a uh, wonderful place. Anyway, where are we up to? Chapter 6 and verse 8 is the correct verse to read. Would you please read it for us? No, O people, the Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Very famous verse. Okay, there's a famous verse right there. And if we were to work um, our way through this verse, it is definitely a verse that is dealing with uh, social justice in our world. Um, it is basically a how-to of how to live your life. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. Amen. You know, and really what Micah is doing here is summarizing the Christian life. Mm. He's not summarizing what it means to be a Christian because to be a Christian means to have a relationship, to be in a saved connection with God. Mm -hmm. 
But to live a Christian life is to do justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with God. Amen. Very, very simple. Okay, so there are... Um, um, okay, so here's, here's the question that comes out of the lesson. What are ways right now that you can live out these words? So let's talk about um, doing justly. How do you as Mon, Mon the Breakfast Show host, do justly? Do justly. Mine mm. says to do what is right. Okay, do what yeah. is right. I mean, I think the simple answer to that is the Ten Commandments because the Ten Commandments is to do what is right. Okay. You know, not lying yeah. and not cheating. and Because when you... Excuse me. When you when you treat when you do that when you lie to someone else or when you cheat someone else, you're doing an un, like an injustice to them. Just unjust is that a word? An injustice. Injustice. There you go. Like they're not experiencing justice if you're you know lying to them or cheating them or murdering them, so to speak. And then they'll want to seek justice. So the reverse of that is don't do that stuff. Okay. The next. Um, aspect of this passage is here where mine says to love mercy. What does yours say? Uh, mine says love mercy, yeah. No, that's straightforward. Okay, to love mercy. All right, so there would be some people who would accuse us of not loving mercy. Why? Because sometimes we, we share some pretty tough stories here on the radio in the morning. That's true. So do you think that it is justified when they say, oh, you know, mine and Lyle don't love, love mercy. They're just, you know, heartless and cold at times. <laughs> I mean, we're probably not nearly as merciful as God is. Okay. That's probably a good point yeah. right there um, in that in loving mercy, there is, with all of these aspects here, with everything that God calls us to, that, to, to there is always room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that... Um, Probably what happens sometimes is that people see mercy in different ways. Yeah. And they say that this is actually something that is merciful and something else that is not merciful. Um, and it really comes down to your interpretation of the events. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And we're back again. That was time to perfection right then. Um, shooting in the dark, hand signals through the glass window from the producer. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we are back on with our Bible study, looking at the book of Micah and social justice in the book of Micah. Let's go to chapter 2, verse 8 through 11, Mon. Of Micah? Of Micah. Oh, we're sticking out in Micah today. We are hanging out in Micah all day long. How many chapters are there in Micah? Like seven? Seven chapters? Oh, yeah, seven. Yeah, seven chapters. Go. Oh, good guess. Okay. Micah chapter 2, verse... 8 to 11. Says, Yet to this very hour my people rise against me like an enemy. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trusted you, making them as ragged, ragged as men returning from battle. You have evicted women from their pleasant homes and forever stripped their children of all that God would give them. Up, be gone. There is no longer, this is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and compl- ruined it completely. Suppose a prophet full of liars would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That would be the kind of prophet you would like. Ooh. <laughs> Mercy. Wow. Strong words right there. And, uh, of course, Micah is, uh, yeah, he's sort of not holding back, is he? No. And, you know, we've done Amos, we've done Micah, and we're starting to see a consistent theme here, a theme of oppression, mm-hmm. of atrocities, of abuses, of corruption. And really what you've got is the wealth 
or the wealthy, I should say, oppressing the poor. You've got a big gap between the two. You've got almost a determined effort by the wealthy that they stay wealthy and the poor stay poor. You've got those that are in power that are using that power and abusing that power uh, to keep people in an environment of oppression. And God is speaking up against it very powerfully, very strongly, very emphatically. God is coming out. He is not holding back on the sins of his people. And I think often what we do when we read the Old Testament and the stories that there are in the Old Testament, and there's so many just amazing stories in great history, you know, if you read Judges and if you read Kings and if you read Chronicles, what you're going to find is this cycle. And it is a cycle of um, turning away from God, being oppressed by enemies, coming back to God, being freed from those enemies, turning away from God, being oppressed by enemies again. And it's just sort of this cycle that's going on and on and on and on. And when they followed God, they had freedom. And when they turned away from God, uh, the, their enemies would come in and have the victory over them. And you sort of you look at it and you wonder, why is it that they were such slow learners? And the standout, the standout part of that narrative that is presented is typically always the concept of um, uh, idolatry. So they turn into idolatry and they've got no protection. They turn away from idolatry and suddenly they have uh, protection from God again. What we often miss and what we often don't talk about is that, yes, idolatry was an issue. But one of the driving forces behind idolatry was greed and selfishness. And this is really what we're reading about here. And when you read through particularly the minor prophets, this is a a story that you'll find again and again and again and again, rather than the usual narrative that you would expect of like, oh, you've turned to idolatry, therefore your enemies are going to come and invade you and have the power over you. Rather than that, you have a narrative of you're oppressing the poor, you're oppressing the fatherless, you're oppressing the widow, uh, you're oppressing you know, the, uh, the immigrants and the strangers that are living with you, you're, impress- you're oppressing the refugees, and God is condemning them for those things. And this is a major part of the reason why um, they're going to be turned over to their enemies and go into captivity. I do think it's also a bit of a, a commentary on human nature, if you think about it. You know, when things are going well, we're like, nah, nah, it's fine. We don't need God. And then the things start going rough. That's when we turn back to God. Yes, definitely. The um, the no atheists in foxholes, foxholes concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so true. Okay, so you've got this cycle happening. And, of course, oppression of the poor is a major part of this cycle Uh, Let's read chapter 3, verse 8 through 12. And of course, uh, Micah, just to give a little bit of historical background, Micah is living during the time of King Ahaz, uh, which in Judah sort of marks a new low in the history of God's people um, and in the history of their spirituality as a nation. Um, Idolatry was rife throughout the nation at this time. And you've got a number of prophets here who, you you know, Come to the come to the front, and they condemn the idolatry, but they also particularly condemn the poor, 
being continued to be exploited and preyed upon. All right, what do you got for us there, Mon? Um, Micah 3, verse 8. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem from a, on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers make decisions based on bribes. You priests teach God's laws only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid, yet all of you claim to depend on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. Because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. Sounds a little, little bit like our society today. I was just listening to a, uh, a, a news article, researching a news article on the way in about uh, Crown Casino. And, um, you know, how they're up to their eyeballs in all kinds of corruption. They have links to organized crime. They're making massive political donations to both sides. They've got, uh, you know, former politicians that are basically using it as their retirement home. And you sort of think, you know what? You set up a casino and how do you expect it to do anything other than to breed this kind of an environment? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. What were you expecting? Mm-hmm. They were talking about money laundering, you know. So you've got a situation where you know people coming in from China with, um, I think they said eighteen suitcases. Oh, really? Now, who needs eighteen suitcases? suitcases? What is in those eighteen suitcases? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good, pretty fair idea of what was inside those eighteen suitcases. Yeah. Uh, and of course, nobody's going to look in those because of all of the money that it is bringing into the economy. And so whatever people are getting rich and whatever people are getting wealthy and whatever the economy is doing good, let's not question how it takes place. Let's just, let's just you know, feed these things. And really what it's doing is feeding addictions and it is destroying lives. There is, you know, gambling is one of the biggest things here in Australia that is completely destroying lives every single day. And if uh, Micah was alive today, he would be speaking up very, very loudly and clearly against these kinds of abuses. And in many ways, it does come down to being an abuse of the poor. Uh, I had a very good friend who I studied the Bible with for a long time who uh, worked in one of these casinos. And the stories that he would tell on a daily, the things he saw on a daily basis... You know, people that have been sitting at the at the table at the machine or whatever for seventy five hours, mm. they stunk. Um, they were living on coffee. Um, they had walked in there wealthy. They had lost their house. They had lost their their livelihood. They had lost everything. They had maxed out their credit cards. They had uh, taken out personal loans. They had gone as far as they could trying to win their money back. And they would leave there completely destroyed and then go and commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah, this is the kind of thing that and, – and, and we support this here. Our government supports this kind of thing taking place in our country. And it is just plain, straight out extortion because a casino is designed to make money. Mm. It is not designed to lose money. It is designed to take your money off of you. You know, I think they should make a, a legislation with these kind of things. I think they should make a law that uh, um, a casino um, should um, give as much in winnings as it makes. Oh, I love it. So yep. it stays so it stays cost neutral. If they want to make money, make it off your uh, food and beverages yes, and that kind absolutely. of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And accommodation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because otherwise, it's just the whole system is completely mm-hmm, corrupt. Mm-hmm.
yeah, I don't know how I got sidetracked under that, but that's my little rant for today. Um, but when you look at what was taking place and the level of corruption that there was in ancient um, Judah at this particular time, it really does remind you of how things are in our world today. And we're, we're lucky. We live in Australia. You know, Australia has a lot less corruption than other countries where it's actually a part of the system and the system does not uh, function without corruption taking place. Anyway, we're going to have to move on here. We have a song coming up. Uh, what is this? Ryan Stevenson um, is going to bring to us No Matter What. You'll listen to Faith FM. A lot of us grew up believing At any moment we could lose it all And at the drop of a hat God might turn his back and move on A lot of us feel like we blew it Thinking that we're just too far gone But I want you to know there's still hope for you now No matter what you've done You can't erase His love Nothing can change it You're not separated No matter what There's never been a better time To get on it Never been a better time to get clean So come as you are Run to the cross and be free
Welcome back, guys. Uh, that was Ryan Stevenson with No Matter What here on Faith FM. We have another clue for our quiz coming up. And Mon, what have you got for us there? This is our final clue. Then we have to do homemade clues. Sorry to say. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I feel like this has been a shorter... Oh, maybe just went, went through a lot of clues very quickly. What book am I? I follow... It's pretty, pretty chronic when you go through them that fast. <laughs> I follow after the book of Second Kings. Oh, what book might that be? Mm, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, or text us 0491-064-669. Okay, so you know what to do. Give us a call right now. Um, and I don't think you should cheat on this one. I think you should actually know which one comes after that particular book that we just mentioned because that clue is altogether too easy. Don't you agree, Mon? I mean, if you're a little Pathfinder kid and you learnt the song at the box of the Bible, then All sure. Right, if you're a Pathfinder kid, you're allowed to go and look it up. Otherwise... No, no, no. I'm saying the Pathfinder kids have the upper hand because they had to learn the song, right? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's everyone else who didn't learn the Pathfinder song who have a disadvantage. Okay. So if you're a kid who doesn't go to Pathfinders, right. you're allowed to look it up. Adults, you're not allowed to look it up. Uh, Pathfinders, just play the song in your head and then give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. We have been talking about social justice in the book of Micah. And we have read a passage here where God is a little bit upset with the corruption of his people, wouldn't you say? Oh, very much so. And it's a bit of a continuing theme that you find throughout these books where God just gets upset with... Um, well, he does get very upset with the things that are taking place within his chosen nation. And you can kind of understand why, you know. He has given them everything. He has given them so much. He has rescued them from captivity. Israel is a unique nation. You think about this. How many nations and distinct people do we have in our world today that date back and have maintained their culture and their religion for three and a half thousand years? Oh, that's a rarity. Three and a half thousand? Three and a half thousand. Is it one, the Jews? <laughs> yes, it is. There are a number that come close. Um, so the Hindu religion goes back a long way. And, um, you know, Taoism and so off, so forth. Buddhism goes back a long way. Judaism is the oldest. Okay. And so what you've got is a continuous religion. You have a continuous culture. You have a continuous language over that time. Now, of course, the Hebrew language has, you know, adapted a lot over time. We understand that. But throughout that period, you have a number of areas, probably three major areas, in which you would expect this nation to disappear, and it hasn't. The first one would be the 400 years of Egyptian captivity. We often, you know, we, we talk about the 400 years of Egyptian captivity and we don't take it that seriously because it's like, oh, yeah, it just doesn't feel that long. But, you know, if you're going back 400 years from now, you're going back to, uh, you know, the, the 15, 1600s. That's a long time ago, wouldn't you say? Yeah, very much a long time Imagine ago. Imagine being in captivity for that many generations over that period of time and then to come out. You would assume that a nation that was uh, in captivity for that long you would assume that they would just um, disappear, blend in, melt away, and yet they didn't. Yeah, you said they lost their identity by then. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think identity would have <clears throat> changed a little bit, like they were very much a slave uh, complex. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you yeah. see that coming through in the book of Exodus. God has to do a lot of work with them to bring them back to a, a knowledge of who he is. Then you have uh, the next period, of course, is the Babylonian captivity. And the Babylonian captivity was different from the Egyptian captivity in that the Babylonian captivity was specifically designed uh, by the Babylonians to um, 
to create an environment in which their national identity would be destroyed. Did the Israelites spend more time in captivity or more time in freedom? Oh, now that's a very interesting idea. Let me think about that. Because that would be a massive commentary on the Christian, uh, Christian life. That would be a very interesting study to do. Okay, so the third big one, of course, comes after the Roman invasion where they were uh, eventually banned from the city of Jerusalem and dispersed throughout the world. And for the next 2,000 years, they were dispersed all over the planet, and yet they still are a people, um, and we do find them back in the land of Israel once again. And so what a remarkable history that they have. Um, there is no other nation on earth that has a history even remotely like that. And of course, you know, I see that as definitely being a sign of the times, a sign that uh, Jesus is coming back, uh, back soon. But you know, we probably should, we probably should do a, a um, some research sometime and find out where they spent more time in captivity and more time in freedom. Because you know, you read through the book of Judges, it's going to give you all those details. It's like, well, this judge came along and they served God for twenty years, and then he died, and they stopped serving God, and the Midianites came and they served the Midianites for eighty years, and then another judge came along, and you know, they served God for another twenty years. It kind of does give you the impression they spent a lot of time in servitude and slavery to other nations because of their refusal to follow God. Of course, they learnt their big lesson after the Babylonian invasion and decided that they were never going to uh, place themselves in that kind of a position again, and so they made a million laws so that they could never ever step outside of the laws of God, and by doing so, they completely lost their connection with God, which is why eventually the Romans came and wiped them out. I really, really want to know which number it is. I feel like this would be su- it would be such a glimpse into your own spiritual walk. Because you, know, you, you kind of want, you can't, when you think about it, you want to be positive, you think, oh, yeah, I spent most of my time walking with God, except for every now and then when I don't. You know, and when you don't, like you basically are in captivity to sin. Yeah. Because you know how, how everyone always says, oh, the Israelites were so stupid, they kept like wandering away from God, and yet that's the dictation of our, like that's, that's us. We're looking in the mirror, really. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm very intrigued to know. Yeah, yep. sorry. I'm still thinking about it. Go on. Mm-hmm. Ah, I, I, I don't have the answer to it. Um, but, um, yeah. All right, so what's the link between doing justice, loving mercy, and walking humbly with God? What's the link between those three things? I'd say they're all things that God wants us to do. Yeah, is there more to it than that, though? Doing justice and loving mercy. Let's let's put those two together. It's kind of funny because you think justice and mercy would be dichotomous. You would. Yeah. They're kind of the opposite from each Mm -hmm. other, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Justice means, okay, you go to jail, we throw the key away. Yeah. Mercy means you get a pardon and we let you out. (laughs) Yeah. We give you the key. Does it, though? This is a good question. I think mercy might be that you can be forgiven, but not necessarily escape the penalties of sin. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And I see within the context here, doing justice means that the wicked get what they justly deserve. Mm-hmm. The evil people, the, you know, the people that are creating havoc in society, they get what they deserve. Loving mercy is not a reference to people who are doing the wrong thing. Loving mercy is a reference to people who are oppressed, mm-hmm. uh, people who are in need, people who are uh, vulnerable members of our society. And so doing justice refers to the criminal element, whereas loving mercy refers to the vulnerable element. And so we can do... And, and the problem here, of course, in ancient Israel is that justice wasn't being done because the criminal element was running society. Mm-hmm. 
and mercy wasn't being done because the criminal element was oppressing the vulnerable members of society. And so it's really turning society on its head. All right, what about walking humbly with God? What's the connection between walking humbly with God and doing justice and loving mercy? Well, when you walk humbly with God, like in a, in a modern day setting, that would be, uh, in my opinion, your, your devotional life and, uh, and taking cues from your time with God and how you, how you then, you know, uh, walk your Christian life. And so I don't think you can have mercy or love justice. Sorry, do what is right or love mercy if you're not walking humbly with God. I think yeah. that's where it comes from. That's where you draw um, that love and that love for justice and that ability, the, um, the strength to do what is right from. And, of course, humility um, and understanding our position, understanding that God is so much bigger than us and, and who's the one who's ultimately in charge, uh, really inspires us to do justly and love mercy. Strong enough 
Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. Hey, Mon. Mm-hmm. Do you believe in miracles? Look, if God can change my life, I think I definitely believe in miracles. Okay, so the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church is making a difference in its community. Oh, yeah, how? Well, it's worshipping together, loving together, learning together, and above all, preparing for Jesus to return together. Ooh, that sounds good. When's all this happening? Bible studies start at 10 a.m., service at 11 a.m., and guess what that's followed by? Or is it this free lunch I keep hearing about? Absolutely. Well, please join us at the Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Our address is 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Every Saturday morning where you will be welcomed with a smile. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah. 
Welcome back, guys. I think we are uh, back on. Is uh, that what's happening on the screen out there? Um, just need some direction from our producer right now. I assume that um, it is question of the day time. So let's have our question of the day. Um, well, first of all, we need to give another clue for our quiz. Yeah, I gave an extra clue in the last section. But, but we need another clue for subtle, this section. Yeah, another clue for this section. All Do you right. have one? Ooh, um, well, it's kind of... Um, yeah, it's it's giving me a chronic pain in the neck right now. I'm trying to think one up, so we'll uh, leave it at that. That can be your clue. How about it's the book before Second Chronicles? <laughs> I think you just gave it away, Mom. <laughs> Give us a call one eight hundred Faith FM one eight hundred three two four eight four three. You can win yourself a prize. It is time for our Q of the G, Lyle Southwell. Be prepared to answer. What does it mean that the dragon spews water out of its mouth in Revelation 12? You must be so happy to have a Revelation dragon. Oh, absolutely. Awesome. Here. Let's go to Revelation uh, chapter 12. Let's read what the Bible says here. And, of course, the Bible is talking about the woman. And so when the Bible is talking about the woman, the woman is a symbol of a church. And the Bible says in verse 14, To the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place. In other words, God's church goes into the wilderness where she is nourished for a time, times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And of course, this period refers to a period in which uh, God's church existed, the truth of God, the word of God existed in the wilderness for 1,260 years. Uh, time, times and half a time equaling 1,260 years. And of course, that's what took place during the Dark Ages where Christianity existed in places like uh, it was pushed out to the you know the really really remote regions of the earth. Uh, you could think of um, the Waldensian Valleys is the most famous um, in the mountains right there, but also um, England and Scotland and uh, Wales, Ireland in particular, um, Armenia, Ethiopia, across in China. 
um, India and so forth. These were the remote parts of the earth where uh, the woman fled into the wilderness. Then in verse 15, the Bible says, And the serpent cast out of his mouth water like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And somebody wants to know what does a flood symbolize in the Bible? And in Isaiah chapter 59, the um, 59, the Bible gives the answer to it, and it's just escaped off my screen right here. It is 59 verse 19. The Bible tells us what a flood actually symbolizes in Bible prophecy. Verse 19, and the Bible says, So shall they fear the name from the Lord, from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. And so what we find here is the enemy comes in like a flood. This is an invading force. Uh, and so a flood in the Bible, and you'll find this consistently, uh, the symbolism is, is used consistently throughout the Bible, that a flood is a symbol of a military invasion. And this is what took place during the Dark Ages. The Waldenses, for example, uh, were invaded pretty much constantly. There was constant crusade against the Waldenses for about 800 years. And the Bible says eventually what takes place at the end of this, of course, is that the earth opens her mouth and swallows the flood. So this military attack against God's church that has been taking place for 1260 years is finally going to be solved by the earth. Now, if you want to know what the earth symbolizes, you're going to have to go back to Revelation chapter 13. And in Revelation 13, you have two powers. You have uh, one that is... Um, one that comes, you've got two nations, one that comes from the sea and one that comes from the earth. If you can identify which one is coming from the earth, then you can understand where it is in the world that after the dark ages, God's people are going to find religious liberty and freedom and that invading force is just going to be swallowed up by the fact that religious liberty has now come to planet earth. Give us a call if you have a question. Our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can text your questions 0491-064-669. When Israel was in Egypt's land, let my people go. Oppressed so hard they could not stand let my people go go down Moses way down in Egypt's land tell Pharaoh let my people go no more shall they in bondage toil let Let my people go. 
Back everybody, we've come to the end of the breakfast show. Technical difficulties all the way through, but we made it. Praise the Lord. Like, well, we've nearly made it. Yeah, two minutes to go. Let's uh, let's let's give something away. Prophets and Kings. This is a really cool book. It's about the trials and triumphs of God's people. I reckon if you read this book, you might. If you took notes, you might know how many yes. Yeah, you've like, got me really curious about this now. Yeah. I'm going to have to go and uh, do a sermon on it, I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much of the time they spent in uh, slavery and how much of the time they spent being free, and which is the greater of the two. But this is a really wonderful book written by uh, Ellen White, Prophets and Kings. Uh, you can call us up and get a copy of it here. This this book is just incredible. Like It's full of history and stories and uh, in-depth details about what happened You know, in those dusty Old Testament accounts that we sometimes, you know, throw to the side. This will really just bring it alive. We'll just show you so much of who you are um, and what, what it is that God really wants for you through the stories of actual people. Give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. 1-800-324-843. First person to call through will pick up this copy today. There you go. Give us a call if uh, if you'd like to know particularly more about the prophets that we have been studying and we have been working our way through a number of minor prophets this week. We talked about Micah today, but uh, we'll be talking about Ezekiel tomorrow and uh, Prophets and Kings, great uh, great commentary right there. Anyway, um, we love you guys. We always enjoy your company in the morning. We look forward to catching up with you every morning, so make sure you tune into The Breakfast Show, Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia. And of course, if you'd like to know more about the Bible yourself, we have a number of different Bible courses that are available um, you can do those for free through the Discovery Center. You've got about 17 different Bible studies. You can also do my Bible study course, which is called the Prophetic Code. I'm going to be doing a seminar on that soon in Raymond Terrace, but uh, have a great day.
Touch the sky. 